You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Hello. Thank you again for joining us in Redux Church. I'm back with the author of the book. <laughs> Not really, but we're back with, with, uh, with John. Uh, we're going to dive into the next part here. Right. It's uh, the first chapter of John. The last, last thing we're talking about, because that first part, we hear that Jesus is the word. Uh, it talks about John the Baptist. He wasn't the light, but he's... He's re- came to reveal the light, right? Um, and you know, we kind of talked about that in our identity and a lot of things in that. Um, we're going to dive into this next passage, um, and I can't remember the verses, so we'll learn them together. All right. I remember the verses. I don't remember where we stopped. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into that, and uh, then we will uh, pick it up from there. This was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, who are you? He came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. Well then, who are you? They asked. Are you Elijah? No, he replied. Are you the prophet we are expecting? No. Then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the Lord's coming. Then the Pharisees who had been sent asked him, if you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet, what right do you have to baptize? John told them, I baptize with water, but right here in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. Though his ministry follows mine, I am not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandal. This encounter took place in Bethany, an area east of the Jordan River, where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one I was talking about when I said, A man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. I did not recognize him as the Messiah, but I have been baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus. So I testify that he is the chosen one of God. All right. So John the Baptist is laying it out, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's not the Messiah. Right. And in this little short passage of time, he's saying, I'm not the Messiah. He is finding out Jesus is the Messiah. Right. And, and here's what stuck out to me immediately. Um, the part where he said, I didn't know for sure. But the Lord had told me that he who, you know, has the dove to sin upon him when, right. I, when he's bad, that's who my son is. That's the Messiah. Right. Um, that, that's kind of a big deal to me. I don't, I don't know why that, that stuck out to me so much, yeah. but what are your thoughts? Well, uh, I, I think that's a, that's a position all of us need to take. When I try to predefine God, mm. I'm probably going to miss him. We talked a little bit about that in the last uh, portion. Um, uh, you know, in this context of seeking to know, seeking to have the revelation of who he is. Mm-hmm. And John had this sense of expectancy. He, the God had told him, 
the qualifier, the Spirit's going to come and remain on him. Right. So every time he was baptizing people, every time he was walking around, he was watching for that, right? Right. So he was expecting, anticipating. Uh, and then when it actually happened at Jesus' baptism, uh, he had the, con- he had the it was a con- uh, concluded fact. Mm-hmm. This is him because what God said was going to happen, happened. No questions asked. I don't look for another this is the Messiah, the Son of God. So the Spirit had come and rest upon him. So, but I think the, the, the fact that he was open uh, and always expecting to have that revealed to him. Yeah. And then it, when it happened, he was ready to receive it, acknowledge it, accept it, right? And so there's so much about the Lord told me again a few years ago, everything comes by revelation. If you try to conceive and predetermine, you're going to miss it. So you got to stay open. We talked a little bit about the awe and wonder of God last time, having this sense of openness and sensitivity to Lord, show me and tell me, I really don't know, but I'm open. Mm -hmm. And then when he reveals himself in some way, that faith that comes through that spiritual revelation gives you a sense of, of confirmation. Yeah, this is it. I know this to be a fact. Nobody can talk me out of my conversion because I right. know what happened to me, right? Not because somebody reasoned it into me, mm-hmm. taught me how to be saved. I didn't even understand what I was, but I knew something was happening. Right. Because of that life that came to me once I acknowledged that he, he was my Savior and accepted that, right? Yeah. And John wasn't looking at the scripture that he knew. No. Looking for mm-hmm. the Messiah, right? Mm-hmm. He was look. He was looking for the Messiah based on what you said, revelation, right. a word from God, an active word from God that said, "Look for this." Right now, it's funny. I, I was watching something the other day, and it, and the guys talking about there was over three hundred predictions or prophecies yeah. about Jesus that he had to meet, right. and he did. Right. Okay. There's three hundred. John didn't care about any of them. <laughs> no. Right. John. No. John's just no. looking for this word that he got from God. Right. And he held on to it with a tenacity. If there was anybody who's tenacious in Scripture, yeah. John the Baptist John was, is that guy. That's true. I mean, well, I think just thinking about that too. Again, being a Jew, like all the Jews, in the schooling, he he had been taught all of the Old Testament words. I mean, the the the, the Pentateuch and then right. all the prophets. He had been taught all that because it was a it was a qualifier to function in the Jewish community, right? Sure. So he had the knowledge, word knowledge, book knowledge, knowledge taught to him. Yet he maintained this edge about himself. Uh, there's still something that's going to happen mm-hmm. that's going to set this apart uh, and establish the, the Messiah for me based upon this, uh, uh, this commandment that God gave. When you see this, uh, that's him. And I say that to say because sometimes we get, we get so um, caught up in the knowledge we have, say, of the book. Right, sure. That Jesus said the letter can kill you. Mm-hmm. You can know and it yet not have the life of it in you, right? Because there's a spiritual aspect to everything with God. And that's a living, open, ongoing, revelatory thing, right? And uh, so I think the challenge for us in our culture today is though we have the Bible, we need to still be open to the fresh revelation that that can bring to us mm-hmm. or how the Lord wants to reveal things out of that to us. Um, once we think again, we, we know what we got to figure it out. Then we boxed him in and closed him off right. and it becomes just ritualism or something. I like think, that. I think church leaders, and you can speak yeah. to this. I think they get concerned that if we, if we encourage the body of Christ <laughs> yeah. to hear his voice independently of them and independently, even of scripture that they, yeah. you know, going to that only, um, that they're going to get way off base. Yeah. And, and I have to go back to, 
I was in a discussion. I'm going to give you yeah. an example. I was in a discussion with someone one time and we were talking about getting, getting together, uh, some are pulling our resources and growing our network, not, not, not string based network, not, not radio search, but just the network of believers. Sure. Right. And the comment came up that they were concerned. This other, this other party was concerned that a person would hear a teaching they didn't agree with. And, and I, was polite and cordial and yeah. I, and I, you know, so the, so the connection didn't happen. I mean, right. it, and, and the teaching was, was a grace message. It wasn't mm-hmm. like totally out there or anything like that. It was a good teaching that they were concerned would be anti-taught or whatever. Yeah. But I walked away thinking to myself, you have no confidence in your message. Yes, that's true. If, if the word that is coming from you is revelatory from God, and I'm going to bring the scripture up, mm-hmm. this is where the confidence comes from. It's not from having read it. Right. It's from having it revealed. revealed. Right. In, in, in uh, this passage here, John says, uh, the, the, the temple assistants from Jerusalem, they asked John, the priest sent him, who are you? And he didn't waste any time. Yeah. He said, I am not the Messiah. Yeah. Well, then who are you? Yeah. And he says, they asked, are you Elijah? He's like, no. Are you the prophet? We're expecting? No. Yeah. Right. So he calls this out. This is this is a person who didn't have to go to scripture because he was confident because these are the leaders. Right. They're challenging him and, and pushing him on this. And then they say, What do you have to say about yourself? And he, he replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness, clear the way for the Lord's coming. Not only did he have confidence in what God had shown him, he po- he called himself out in prophecy. Right. He said, I am the yeah. guy that prophet was yeah. talking about. Yeah. Right. That's, a boldness. That's a boldness. You can't yeah. live. And you have, you know, I don't think people fully understand when you go against, I mean, they killed Jesus for these things. They ended right. up killing John the Baptist. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so in this whole thing, you're, you're risking your life. Right. You're not going to risk your life for information. No. I, no. I heard it said this one time. There's a guy named Yuri uh, Bresmanov. He was a defected KGB agent. Mm-hmm. And totally off what we're talking about here, but an amazing reality. He was talking about how the KGB's efforts um, in the 80s and before, the 60s, 70s, 80s, that they were uh, efforting to subvert culture. And he went through this whole big, and it was like an hour long lecture about what they did to subvert culture. And at the end, he said, there's only one remedy for subversion. And this is, it just blew my mind because I was not ready for this. Mm-hmm. Right. He said, faith. Yeah. And he said, and he wrote on a chalkboard and I, you know, it's even better because he's got a Russian accent. <laughs> he writes on a chalk, chalkboard, two plus two equals four. Yeah. And he said, that is fact. That is information. Yeah. And no one ever died for it. Right. And I thought, man, because how many people, I mean, we, John the Baptist is a great example. It wasn't about fact. Right. It's about truth. Yeah. Revelation. Right. That's man. That's powerful. Yeah. And I think it's significant too. This came to him as he was fulfilling his purpose. Yes. Most people wait they say show me then i'll do no he's <laughs> right a, just get up like he told the disciple why are you standing here looking into the heavens after he ascended the angel said go back and preach the gospel yeah you know they're wondering about the the coming you know there's a lot of the church now in the, in the, in this day you know again the prophecy aspect and i know the all the interesting side notes of that but it can be such a deterrent 
mm-hmm. to actual actually doing what God's called us to do because they're trying to figure out a timeline and get it all. And even Jesus doesn't even know. Now, right. how, how are we going to know? Right. He doesn't even know, right? <laughs> right? So what's the issue? He said, that's not the issue. The issue is go tell this good news to everybody you can find because he's interested in the heart of people, not in overthrowing actual kingdoms of the world he wants to overthrow that self kingdom that we've erected within our own heart that has kept us away from humbly following the lord but i think it's significant that this came to him and he he found the revelation revealed of the messiah as he was doing what he was supposed to be doing as god told him to go do you have to step it's it's like if you're in a car you can't turn left or right unless you're moving. Right. You're just if you're not moving, you can't <laughs> right. go anywhere and you can't change direction. Right. You're just there. Right. And and I think this is a, you know it's a great great point here with this because man, I I would have that all people would just move and move in the wrong direction than to sit and not move not at all. Not move at all. That's true. Because when you move in the wrong direction, you know you made a mistake. Right. Right. And so that's how you grow. That's how you learn. Yeah. You can self-correct. Right. Man. And, and, and this is where to me, we've lost so much of this in our world today Mm -hmm. because we don't have, and when I say we don't have John the Baptist, I mean, we don't have people who are just moving and willing to look a fool for his sake. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that's uh, that's a key factor in this portion of the scripture too, that God chose to work through men, human, kind like he created right that will just walk by faith mm-hmm. that will just trust in what they were instructed to do and he was doing what the what god had told him had a precursor of what to look for as he kept going because eventually he was obviously going to see this this dove descend and remain mm-hmm. and it it, it it was actualized eventually but he had to keep processing into that right mm-hmm. and so i think again in this context of the world we're living in today and we have so much knowledge and I mean, knowledge is increasing so rapidly, everything, and you can get so consumed with it that you miss this um, reality of the moment. Yeah. This, this, this uh, awe moment that he always is working to reveal himself to us in those ways that can help, help us process into living out his will. See, he said, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a slave. I'm, I'm not worthy I'm just right. a slave. So we're here to carry out God's will. He birthed us in this earth to fulfill his plan and purpose. And so in the process of that, we may remain humble. We have to do our part. We mm-hmm. do our part. Then God work, works through us to re- bring revelation and move us on into uh, what uh, our plan and purpose is in his kingdom. And as, as in this case, he, John was the one fulfilling that Isaiah prophecy. And he understood it and he accepted it and he boldly went and did it, right? Right. Uh, here's what I think is really cool about this part of the passage here. He says, I baptize with water, but right here in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. He's already calling out the Messiah. And this is before the duff. Right. 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 He's already saying that because he said, I didn't know. I didn't know. Oh, right. Right. Um, and he said, through his ministry, or though his ministry follows mine, I'm not even worthy, to, like you said, yeah. uh, to be a slave and untie the straps of the sandals. Um, and that, you know, and then it yeah. says where that took place. It, it was... He's where John was baptizing. Where he was baptizing, so he's, he's, right. As he's doing this. So, so John is already now keenly aware right. that the Messiah is there. Right. And he's waiting for that revelation. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's significant, you know, they say, Why, who gives you the right to baptize? Yeah. <laughs> because that was a big uh, expression of, of um, 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 what would be a good term? Uh, it made a statement in that Hebrew culture, of course, uh, you know, the Essenes, which we believe he was part of. Right. They practiced that as a ceremonial washing of purity, right? Right. And technically it was that way in the 
uh, Jewish household because whenever they would come in the home, they would wash their feet. They'd wash the dust off their feet because they believed that dust was Rome mm-hmm. and they wanted to be purified from Rome who was ruling their country. So they sim- symbolically washed their feet mm. to wash away the dirt or that, uh, that Roman imperialism. So they again acknowledged that they were serving a God greater than Caesar, right? And so to a degree, there was a precursor of that that were, that were happening every day. But now here comes this man who's baptizing these followers who come out to listen to him as a sign of a change of heart, a washing away of the old to embrace the new, uh, which technically that water baptism symbolizes. Um, but uh, in the Jewish uh, religious leaders' minds, who gave you authority to do that? Right. God. Right. So God told him to do it. So right. Where do you go with that, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, like I said, he, he says it right here in this next passage. The next day, the next day yeah. after all that, right, right? John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, look, the Lamb of God. He's so he already, again, by faith. Yeah. So he's waiting for this revelation, but his spirit knows. Right. And you were, we remember, yeah. I don't remember where the passage is, but when, when his mom and Mary were hanging out, when John yeah. or when Jesus and, and John were still in the womb, yeah. John's leapt Lipped. inside right. of what, what was her name? Sarah, yeah. Sarah, Elizabeth, 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 his mother. Yeah. Um, and so he know his spirit yeah. knows he was born of the spirit right there. That's the right. The spirit of God was in him in his mother's womb. Right. Yes. And uh, yeah. And so there was this, there was this spiritual connection to, the world, the kingdom of God and the spirit of God that was in him, even in his mother's womb. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think even as he was following out the plan and purpose God had called him to, he had this sensing of the Holy spirit that he's right here. Now he didn't know who he was, but he knew he was right here now. And I think there's a part of that in proper understanding as we're walking and moving and living by the Spirit, we can sense and discern. I think that's where a lot of the, quote, gifts of the Spirit function out of that sensing and discerning and responding to something we don't necessarily know at the moment, but we sense and we respond to, right? Yeah. So he knew, he just had this awareness that the, the, yeah. the Lord is among us right now. The English language is, is so insufficient yeah. in so many ways because it's like... Uh, I don't know something, but I know something, yeah. right? So I don't know factually that this is a thing, but I know it. Right. And we have no other way of wording that. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, we do, but then it gets weird sounding. And yeah. and so in our, in our way of just talking every day, we're like, man, I just know he thinks this. Yeah. No, you actually don't know he <laughs> right. thinks this. You but think, you, even <laughs> if I said, I think this, you still don't know that yeah. I think that. Yeah. And I think in much the same way, you know, we talked about before about misjudging uh, in time stuff. Uh-huh. Um, Jesus said, when you see these things, you'll know the time is near, Yeah, but you still don't know the exact when, day or hour. Exactly. Right. And, yeah. and knowing the time is near is a sense, Sensing. Right? right? It's an understanding. Yeah. And anyways, let's dive in. Man, these things go so fast. <laughs> um, so, so I love this. The next day he takes with, uh, he is the one I was talking about when I said a man is coming after me who is far greater than I am. I love that he understood who he was for he existed long before me. Another awesome moment yeah yeah i mean how would john in the natural consider that a man walking in flesh among him existed long before him yeah well i mean just look at it from a biological standpoint jesus was born after After john John was right so it wasn't a physical thing he's referring to here it's a revelation that there's this divinity attached there's this god attached to this man that he was there from the very beginning, the word that he testified to, right? Right. And, or that John himself testified to. So he had this awareness of something greater, uh, 
something divine, something beyond the scope of human uh, element that was that was at work here. And um, and God told him how to recognize it from a natural standpoint. Right. But he recognized even before he saw the dove that the Messiah was was among them and that he existed from the very beginning. Right. Because of revelation that, that God obviously had given to him and this just this sensing and knowing. And I think yeah. that's something, you know, as we've have we as we walk through this yeah. now and and we've done this over two sessions and we're just now getting to the point at the end of this session, the end of the scripture is when we see this dove come down. Right. But yet we've as we've already laid out, we've seen John call out Jesus as the Messiah from the beginning. And he didn't do it with any kind of mathematics. And he didn't even do it after seeing the, the, the sign that God told him he would see. Yeah. He did it in faith it, because he got the revelation he had inside. Yeah, he knew it was going to happen. This right. is something that is, I think, core. One of our core values, right, is know who you are, be who you are, and then hear the voice of God. Right. And follow it. Follow it. This is a beautiful example of that. John knew who he was, right? You go back Uh and and we see he knows exactly who he is, which makes him not being, he's not thinking less of himself when he says there's one far greater than me. No. He's he's speaking truth. (laughs) Speaking truth. Right? Right. So he knows who he is and Mm -hmm. he is being who he is. Right. And then he's doing that because of all of that. He has the courage to follow what God's telling him to do. Go down to the, who gives you the authority to baptize? God (laughs) God gives me the authority. And by doing so, why? He had to, because well, maybe he knew, maybe he didn't. He had to fulfill the prophecy. Yes, he did. Right? So he has to get in that position. He's got to get in the water, baptize people, and wait for Jesus to come. And so when Jesus comes, even then, uh, let's see if this this version says it, because there's one where he's like, no, I can't baptize you. <laughs> yeah, you're right, right. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? But, yeah. but, but, but even within that, he's like, no, I'm, I mean, I'm going to do this because I'm supposed to do this, right? Right. And so he saw that, you know, it says, uh, we'll just bring it up again. I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one, but when God didn't know, yeah, right? Didn't right. know he was the one. But when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me the one on whom you see the spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus. So I testify that he is the chosen one of God. Yeah. Definitive. Yeah. Right there. Verse 34. Yeah. And yeah, go ahead. Well, well, just thinking again, but from a biological perspective, they were cousins. Right. They grew up together probably. He knew Jesus as the person, as the kid, as the man. Mm-hmm. But he didn't know he was the Messiah right. until this happened, right? Right. Uh, and then, of course, I don't know what he personally experienced at that moment. Here's my cousin that's the Messiah. <laughs> what man. do you mean, man? I know, but, right? But but he was so convinced in that that word from the Lord that this was the sign and so I'm sure in the context of how he viewed his cousin Jesus shifted mm. to, to this whole I'm unworthy, man. He, he's, he's God. He's God in the flesh. He's, he's, he's eternal, right? Um, so I, and, and again, I think the play between the physical and the supernatural or spiritual is so key here because we're both spirit and flesh. Right. And it has to be this, this, this um, um, paradigm that we're functioning in functioning in a natural world, but yet part of a spiritual world. And if we're not careful, we can become so natural. We're not spiritual. 
Right. Or we can become so spiritual we don't recognize signs in the natural Lord. So there's a balance here, you know. But I think that was so significant here. He was a relative. He was his cousin. And he didn't know he was the Messiah until he, that dove came upon him. And they thought, whoa, yeah. Jesus is the Messiah. <laughs> right. <laughs> sort of interesting, right? Right, totally. <laughs> well, it, that's the funny thing. I, and I'm so glad we're going through these processes mm-hmm. with Scripture because I think it's so important that we sit that back and just kind of let God talk to us through this. Right. Because, you, you know, you said balance. Jesus yeah. represents the beautiful balance, balance of right. flesh and spirit mm-hmm. and and how these two worlds exist and why they exist when we're on earth we are fleshly beings this is by design right and it's just the way it is right and so jesus came to dwell among us so that we could have that example that understanding of how to find our spirit you right know? sure sure well uh, just thinking back to you uh, a comment you made in our previous session you know the whole aspect of your worship leading and the skills and the things that you developed who would have thought as you were a little kid running around the house right that that was in you yeah not right? me well no 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 yeah. but all of a sudden as you grow and develop make this connection with christ begin to move into what he's called you to do these gifts, these innate desires begin to develop. And all of a sudden you say, that's Jeremy Griffin. Now, look at what he's able to do. Who would have ever thought he could have done that, right? So here's Jesus, his cousin. Who could have ever thought he was a Messiah? But he is because God willed him. Mm -hmm. God gifted him. God anointed him. And so, again, it's sort of the wonder that we have as human beings that all of us should have this, this desire to want to become live in this becoming state not just being state this is who i am yeah this is who you are but what is that in god's order and god's plan right. as you walk it out develop it it becomes something beyond what even you could comprehend right yeah and you know you talk about his being the cousin of jesus too I, i'm reminded of the scripture where a prophet is has no honor in his hometown right thing, right and so right and how many experiences you have when you're <laughs> yeah. with your family because like oh no you're just little whomever yeah. This yeah. was the same same exact scenario. How much more? What did John the Baptist have to push past in his flesh to accept this truth? Right. That in and of itself, too, is another really miraculous moment. And as we're going to see as we yeah. go into this next section yeah. where his he pride is, is really set aside yeah. <laughs> as yeah. we go a little deeper right. in this. I would, if you would, I want you to kind of pray for the, the folks here as we are sure. diving in this, pray for these passages and, and yeah. uh, go from there. Well, Father, we, we do pray again for the wonder of the word to come alive in all of us, yes. the, the revelation of truth, because uh, it's that truth that makes us free and truth that makes us free can keep us free if we'll be a pursuer of truth. Mm. And so, Father, I just bless those that are listening today. I pray that their heart will be stirred to look afresh and new into the Scriptures, not just from a knowledge uh, or informational point, but in a revelatory point. Show me again, Lord. Teach me again, Lord. Tell me again, Lord. Because there's always something more you want to make known to us that can enrich our lives and empower us to live out the purpose and plan you call for us. So we just bless uh, those that are listening today and all that you're doing in their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And thank you guys again for joining us today. Next week, we're going to be wrapping up John chapter one. And uh, just want to encourage you on a couple things. If you uh, if you want to continue to bless what we're doing, the best thing you could ever do is share this content with somebody else. Because like I said, all the time, if it's blessing you, it's bound to bless somebody else. And when you share the content, don't do it flippantly. Be intentional. Ask God who he wants you to share it with. 
The next thing you can do is be praying for us. Always lift us up in prayer. When you think about it and the Holy Spirit brings it to your mind, just say a little prayer for what we're doing here and what God has for us. And if you are led to do so, you can always give to us financially online, help continue to grow what we're doing here and support it financially. That'd be awesome as well. You can go to redux.church to do all those things. And I want to encourage you also connect with us on band. This is what we use for social uh, interaction. Conversation can happen there. Uh, All of those great things. And if you don't connect with us, we don't know who you are. And I want to know who you are. (laughs) I want to spend time with you. Anyway, God bless you guys. Thank you so much. And we will see you next time.